May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It's that time of year again. Schools across the country celebrating graduations. I know many of you were probably just celebrating this last weekend or the weekend before, or maybe it's still coming. But it's a joyous time. And it's a time that often includes, like we saw in the children's sermon, a a silly hat. You know, with those tassels swinging to and fro as they walk in and process out. So what's that hat all about? For us, we might still remember when some of our graduations, putting that hat on and how much that meant to us. It, it meant we'd completed something. It meant that hard work was done and we were ready to, to receive our diploma and go out into the world. You know, I did a little research, though, on what the hat means. And one article from, the Washington, or from Washington University said that the right to wear a cap was one of the initial rights of a freed Roman slave. And so then in a similar way, putting on the graduation cap is like a freedom from scholarship and a readiness to go out and take on the world. I'm not entirely sure that's completely true, but, but either way, I love the parallels we can make this morning. Because on the great day of Pentecost that you heard about in Acts, there was something on the disciples' heads too that signified something but it was maybe a little cooler than even a graduation cap. Tongues of fire were on their heads. And it signified that work was done, but it wasn't their work. It was the Holy Spirit's work on them. And to show that it really was the true God's work on them, it wasn't even just tongues of fire But even their tongues were changed as they they started speaking in all sorts of different languages, showing them that the Holy Spirit was present, that this was what Jesus promised would happen, a special outpouring of his Spirit on his disciples. And so the languages, the tongues of fire, the excitement, the joy of that day, it drew people in to hear from these men who are now free from that worry that that filled a locked room just a few weeks ago and were now standing ready to proclaim the hope that their faith has and to proclaim the good news all about Jesus because the Holy Spirit had worked on them. The Holy Spirit is working in you too. And you have a sign that this is true. It may not be tongues of fire on your heads or some spiritual graduation cap, but you have it. I've heard it. I think from just about every one of you, whether in a hymn or in the creed that you confess or in personal conversation, you've said something like, Jesus is Lord. That's the sign of the Holy Spirit's work in you, your faith. Because see what the Apostle Paul says about that creed, that statement of faith. He says, Therefore I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There's the evidence of the work done. Not by you, but by the Holy Spirit in your hearts. Because it's only possible 
by the Holy Spirit that you could have this faith. So the fact that you are willing to say Jesus is Lord and you mean it, that means the Holy Spirit has worked in you. And that means the Holy Spirit is working in you. Paul is writing to a church in Corinth that seems to be a little confused about spiritual gifts. They tended to kind of think that the more spectacular spiritual gifts that the Spirit gives, those are maybe more evidence that someone is very spiritual or has a closer connection to God. And there are some people that still think that today. So it seems that they were elevating gifts like speaking in tongues, saying that that's somebody who must be really close to the Spirit or that the Spirit has really worked on. But the problem is that may have made people puffed up and prideful, thinking, yeah, I do have a better connection to the Spirit because I have this gift of tongues or of healing. And it could leave other people to think, do I have the Holy Spirit? Because I don't seem to be as gifted as these other people. But Paul's answer here in verse 3 is to both sides, saying it's not about those extra gifts, those wonderful things that the Holy Spirit gives to different people. It's about your faith. That's the proof that matters. The fact that you say, Jesus is Lord. Let's go back to a graduation day again to help us understand this. It's not just the caps that graduates wear. They've also put on all these gowns. And every graduate is wearing the same gown. I did a little research on gowns, and another article told me that gowns, they represent an equality in commencement. In other words, it doesn't matter your social background or, or where you come from or even the GPA or, or how difficult it was for you to get to this day because those gowns hide anything that could be a signal of that or a signal of different class or status because all that matters that day is that you are a graduate from that school. It's what holds you together. And that's what the day is celebrating. That doesn't mean that underneath those gowns aren't all sorts of different people with different gifts that are going to serve this world in different ways. And some of them, yeah, sure, maybe more prestigious degrees that'll have a better payroll out there in the world. But they're all important. And they're all connected by this graduation that connects them all. In God's church, there are all sorts of different people and different gifts. But it's the same spirit that connects them all. It's the same faith, your confession, that Jesus is Lord. And that's what holds us together. That's what, what brings us together. And that's what really matters. Think of how powerful that confession is. It became something of an early Christian creed. Just those little words, Jesus is Lord. But think about what you're saying when you make that your confession. You're saying that Jesus of Nazareth, the man that was put bloodied and dead into a tomb, is, present tense, Lord. That means you're confessing that he is risen. And more than just alive, he is Lord. In other words, a ruler, like we talked about last week, above every power, rule, and authority. And that word Lord has even more to it. 
It's what believers connected at that time, especially to the all caps, L-O-R-D, of the Old Testament. Yahweh, Jehovah, true God, the compassionate and gracious. So when you say Jesus is Lord, you're saying, Jesus? Yeah, he's that. He's the true God who yet gave up everything to take on human flesh. And who invited betrayal and crucifixion for people that didn't even deserve it. That is who the true God is. Yeah, it's amazing that early Christians confessed this. It's amazing that 21st century Christians confess that Jesus is Lord. And that's only possible by a miracle of the Holy Spirit in each and every one of us. But that's not where the Holy Spirit's work ends. Look how Paul continues in verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. We're different. It's true. We look around and we see all sorts of different gifts that God has blessed each and every one of you with. But it's your confession that matters most. And that's the beauty of it, the wisdom of our God. That our triune God is at work in unifying us, but then using our differences to serve him. See it here. The Spirit is the one who distributes these gifts, and then our Lord Jesus is the one whose service shows us what it means to serve. Our Heavenly Father is the one who blesses our work and uses our work to accomplish his good and glorious purpose. And so there are different gifts, but one God working in them all for the same goal. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. When the Holy Spirit worked faith in you, whether it was through the word or at a baptism, you were changed. Because the Holy Spirit was not some one and done kind of worker in that moment. But he is continuing to work in his people, continuing to distribute his gifts just as he sees fit. And no one is left out of this. Every one of you, beyond just that amazing faith that is the foundation, have received different gifts from the Spirit. Notice it says, to each one. And for what? For the common good. The Spirit's gifts are to all and for all. And that's what Paul's list in the rest of our text is an example of. It's not exhaustive of all the different gifts the Spirit has. We, we couldn't make an exhaustive list. But what it is is an example of how this played out in this church, the Corinthian church. He writes, To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. Think of how how much of a blessing wise and knowledgeable Christians are. Not because they have knowledge, but because they share a message of knowledge with us to encourage us, to instruct us. Again, it's for the common good. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. 
Here we might think of those who are blessed with a, with a childlike and unwavering faith. And we think of how encouraging that is to us as we watch them have that faith through their trials, encouraging us in our own. In healing, we might think of a, a Christian who heals our broken hearts with the gospel or with, even with their kindness. At Paul's time, it, it may have even included he, miracles of healing as that served the common good to validate the message of Christ. And that's what we see more of in verse 10. Special gifts for this Corinthian church. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still another, the interpretation of tongues. These were some really cool gifts God had given to his early church. Gifts he gave to, to validate the message, to show that this, was, this message was true, and to help it explode through barriers. But just because these gifts served their purpose does not mean the Holy Spirit is done. The Holy Spirit is never done. He continues working through his people, giving just the gifts his church needs at every time and in every place. The fact that you, or the fact that some of these people had special gifts wasn't some special sign that they were more spiritual than others. That wasn't what they were supposed to look at those gifts and figure out. No. Remember, Jesus is Lord. Your faith is the proof the Holy Spirit has worked in you. And notice the drumbeat throughout this entire section. The Spirit the same Spirit, the same Spirit, that one Spirit. And now once more in verse 11. All these are work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one, just as He determines. And the same is true right here today. Because I look around at the people gathered here, and I see spiritual gifts given just as he determined. I see that we have musicians who God has blessed us with to beautify worship. Sunday school teachers whose late night Saturday prep feeds Christ's little lambs. Those who make it, help you feel like you're heard and understood. Those who so naturally share their hope on a doorstep those who notice that someone is hurting before anyone else can, those who so naturally and with their warmth make us feel welcome, those whose encouragement can have anyone feeling motivated and refreshed. And, and I could go on and on, but just know that when I wrote this, and as I say this now, I'm, I'm thinking of you. And if you don't see it, Talk to us. Talk to pastor. Talk to me. Talk to your church family. And we'll help you to see it. Because the Holy Spirit is working in you, each one, just as he determines. Giving so many gifts. You know, in many ways, a celebration of gifts is what a graduation day is all about how their gifts are brought together on this day to only go out and affect the world. 
But even the most spectacular graduation day and the most motivating commencement speech you could ever hear cannot compare with the gifts the Holy Spirit has given you. And you don't have to wonder, like a graduate might, if you're enough for going out there or if, or if you can really be of benefit. Because you can know that you will be. Because it's the Holy Spirit, the true God, who is working in you and through you. So go with the faith we share and with the gifts he's made uniquely yours. In Christ, amen.